Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this, this is After 9 with Scott and Kat. Hey now! We're back! Sort of. Hi everybody, I'm Scott. Dave is filling in for Kat. Hello, this is... Uh continuation of what's been going on for about a week for me filling in for people who are on vacation when do you do your own job when do you I have time for that is that like an evenings and weekends kind of deal or pretty much yeah it's when they invent that eighth day of the week uh-huh i'm looking forward to that thank you for letting me drop by yesterday i stopped by to i stopped by to see dave's daughter but dave was there yeah yeah i didn't leave her home alone no. <laughs> it was like i was going to be there for the rest of the day so yes yeah, it was, it was nice to have you pop by. Thank you. Thank you. We'll do it at my place next time, and we've still got to figure out when Kat's going to entertain. She's very secretive about her home. And vacation plans. And vacation plans. Didn't want to tell us where she was going exactly. She's learned, right? I mean, yeah. we have a history with co-hosts that are on vacation. Yeah. And, and frankly, the last one ended up in quarantine in the Dominican Republic roughly 20 years ago. Yesterday yeah. was the anniversary, the 20-year anniversary of SARS stock. Yeah, that, I can't believe it's been that long. That's incredible uh, that we got Melanie, our old co-host, quarantined. Mm-hmm. That was wild. A it's, whole resort in the Caribbean. Yeah, and this is like quarantine before quarantine was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> we, uh, we caused a lot of trouble with that, and we ended up with international news calling us for... Uh, interviews and updates on what we did. Really, the, the short version of the story is we prank called Melanie at the resort, and um, we told uh, we, we told the person at the front that she had smuggled in a rare Canadian bald beaver. That was the joke. The joke, the punchline. <laughs> the punchline was she's got a bald beaver. Twenty years ago, it was hilarious. It was really funny back then and very risque yeah, for oh, the radio. Absolutely. Oh. So that's what we told the guy at the front. And again, twenty years ago, remember what the biggest news in the world was? It was SARS. SARS. So the guy at the uh, at the reception he answers the phone and he says fever, and I said no beaver, like the animal. Do you understand? And he said, oh yes, yes, yes. So he didn't understand. He didn't. He thought he did. So we we have some fun. This you know this Canadian is, is staying at your resort and and uh, she probably needs some some assistance because she has a smuggled in a rare Canadian bald beaver. So we get off the phone. We think nothing of it. We go about our day, um, and then get bombarded with phone calls in the middle of the afternoon. I believe they all began with "What did you do?" Yes. Yeah. I think every <laughs> voicemail was the same. Um, so Melanie didn't know any of this was going on. She's back at the at the resort, and she'd had uh, a tequila night, let's call it, and was uh, very under the weather the next morning. Very. Uh, s- selling this hangover. And uh, I guess the people at the resort said, okay, this person's sick. Go knock on the door. Let's see if she's okay. And so they went and checked on her in her room, and they said, you know, Miss Martin, do you need to see a doctor? And Melanie, who's heaving her guts out from this tequila hangover, thinks... Yeah, maybe I should. So she says, yeah, I think I might need to see a doctor. So the guy on the other side of the door is going, oh, shit. She's got SARS and she brought it to the Dominican. So they quarantined the resort. They told everybody they had to stay in their rooms. Imagine you go on a seven-day all-inclusive vacation to a resort and one of the days 
when it's beautiful and 30 degrees outside and you're told you're not allowed to leave. No food, no drink, nothing. No buffet, no beach, no pool, nothing. Nada. You get nothing. So she didn't know any of this was going on. She just went back to bed and slept it off and then found out later in the day that all this was happening. And we didn't know. So when they called us, they said, yeah, they quarantined the resort. And they had apparently started calling the Canadian embassy there oh, to start arranging to get all the Canadians out of the Dominican. I'm having PTSD here. <laughs> it was wild. So it ended up, if you find there's a Canadian version of the Uncle John's bathroom reader, that story is in there. So we, every so often, we'll get a message from someone who's at a cottage or whatever and reads it on the toilet or whatever they're bored. <laughs> and they look and they're like... Oh my God, Scott and Dave's names in this book. And, <laughs> and we'll get a message from people going, did you know you're in this? And we're like, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. About 20 years now and, and probably six or seven different editions of that book. But that's that's what happened uh, at that resort. And she had no idea. We had no idea that we caused this international havoc and the rest is history. And it all was because of the man answering the phone at... I don't know, like fucking sandals in Punta Cana. Whatever it was. Who completely misunderstood the difference between beaver and fever. Yeah. You can kind of see how that would happen, though. I totally get it now, especially considering I said a rare Canadian bald beaver. He thought I said a rare Canadian fever. Yes. Which is... Ah, listen, I get it. It's remarkable we didn't get fired for that. That is just a st- shout out to Paul Levinoff. Thank you very much for not firing us. <laughs> Thank for you that. for keeping us around after that for a while. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, it was a whole weekend of our former co-hosts. Uh, the Melanie thing came up because it was yesterday, the 20 year anniversary of Sarstock. I still remember that concert so well. Uh, biggest concert in Canadian history. ACDC, Rolling Stones, Guess Who, Rush. And for some reason, Justin Timberlake. I rode the train with Justin Timberlake and uh, Rush. Really? Yeah. You were on the train with them going up there? Oh, yeah, because yeah. there was no way you could get in there with a car. They had to yeah. get people up that way. That's yeah. right. It downs you. Huh. Well, uh, Justin, I think, was the last artist to have a water bottle thrown at him on stage. And now it's common. 20 years later, people just keep chucking stuff at the artists on stage. Why is this something that we have to say? Why? I can't believe this is something out loud that we have to say to mostly adults. In 2023, don't throw things at the artists that are performing on stage. What are we trying to prove? Do we need a more serious charge? Do people think this is funny? Because Cardi B is the latest. She was on stage and somebody just, they filmed themselves throwing the drink at Cardi B. And then Cardi got pissed off and threw her mic. I don't blame Cardi B. I'd be pissed off too if somebody threw something at me. Yeah, I just, again, this is an I only feel bad for the sound guy. Well, right, he's like, oh, the microphone. Fuck, those Um, are like $400. So this guy is in the crowd and he flings the drink at her. He's clearly 19 plus cuz it's a it's a it's at a casino. It's at a venue in in Vegas. So he's clearly paid to get in. He's paid for his drink. This is not a it's not a little kid that threw something on stage. This is an adult, adult. human being. Yep. What are we doing? Well, now the person who actually did get hit with the microphone, who didn't throw the drink was just basically an innocent bystander. Now this person is considering suing Cardi B because she threw a mic at her. Don't do that. Please don't do that. Let's all just calm the fuck down. Let's stop throwing things on stage. Let's enjoy the show. And you know what? If you don't like that person, why on earth would you spend hundreds of dollars to go and see them in the first place? Let's say you didn't pay for the tickets. Still. What are you like? What are you doing? How, How have we lost the ability just to be adults? Like we it's like, well, nobody told me I couldn't throw a bottle at the performer. 
Did we need to say that? Maybe there should have been a sign. Please don't throw anything at the performer. <laughs> That's it. A warning. Well, they, they put warnings up at venues. That's true, too, you actually. Know? Yeah. It's also on the back of the ticket. Yeah. If you actually want to read the fine print. Yeah, you will be tossed. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that that's a justifiable thing, and they probably should be fined a, a big amount of money. That's that's that You can hurt somebody. The whole world is going squirrely, though. I mean, we're throwing things at artists on stage. This weekend, there was a couple right out in front of everybody at Woodbine Beach in Toronto just having sex in the middle of the day mm. on the beach. And it's not even legal to drink there until starting Wednesday. So it's not even like this was an alcohol-infused thing. These were just people having sex in the middle of the beach in the middle of the day. The mood strikes. What the fuck is going on around here now? It's really, really bad. But back to my original point, uh, I said it was a weekend of, of the former co-hosts, and I was thinking about Melanie because of the 20-year anniversary of Sarstock, and then randomly ran into Ashley on Saturday. She told me to say hello. Oh, hello, Ashley. She, uh, she was telling me, and it's funny because I get the same thing. She said at least once a week someone will come up to me and say, oh, my God, I used to listen to you on Z103. Oh, my mm-hmm. God, I used to listen to you with Scott and Dave. Oh, my God. It's great. And yeah. I still get that a lot, too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we're on together today through, actually, all this week you're going to be on. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Dave is on Energy 95.3, 95.3 FM, or 91.5 The Beat all this week if you want to hear a little bit of what radio sounded like 20 years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing's changed at all. No, nothing's changed at all. Uh, A lot of things I want to get to in this episode, and uh, I wasn't here last week, so never ceases to amaze me how much shit goes on when I'm off. Last week, I was watching this, this cabinet shuffle shit and thinking, oh my God, I wish I was doing a podcast. Oh my God. And then people were DMing me, could you do one? Could we do it from home? No, no, I could, but I won't. Yeah, I, that's crossing you. a line. Good for you for setting limits. I, you got it now. And I never used to do that. If I could work 24 hours a day, I would have. But it's only just recently that I've found my chill and been able to disconnect. So a podcast from home is going to be a worst case scenario. Or when the climate lockdowns start soon, <laughs> we're told that, that we'll all have to stay in our homes. And, and that's coming. Um, according to Klaus Schwab, Klaus, Klaus Schwab, is that his name? His daughter spoke it's it's on audio about how climate lockdowns are coming uh. so there's a forest fighter fire in Kelowna so I have to stay in my house is that what's going on here? it's not going to get to that let's let's remember we're saying let's calm down let's calm down Dave hates conspiracy theories I do he I do them. because it's it, it's the, you put the burden on somebody else to try to prove you wrong it's, no 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 you make a claim you are the one who needs to prove it not, it's not my job to disprove it. It's your job to prove it. Okay, but in all fairness, you know, it was, let's be fair, there was a lot of conspiracy theorists, and yes, I'm using air quotes, who said things like uh, uh, your natural immune system is is sufficient in most cases to fight off COVID, and, and you should be taking vitamin D and supplements and things like that. And, and they called you every name in the book from crazy to tinfoil-wearing hat and anti-vaxxer this and that. As it turns out, all that was true. Just today, an article posted by CTV News that says, as it turns out, the, hum- the human uh, immune system is capable of fighting most COVID variants on its own with no medical intervention. Right, but I think that there's some context missing from that. One, uh, conspiracy theorists don't end at just the, oh, the immune system. No, it's it's all this other stuff that gets piled on and everyone's crazy and and you're, I don't. Dave, I hate when is it getting ever, into this? When has it ever been bad advice to take vitamin D? 
When has it ever been bad? But was advice? that all that was being said? That no, was a lot of people. I, I was the one who was saying, why don't why, why will nobody come out and say, you know what? You should also keep yourself in good health and keep your immune yes. system in good health. Take some supplements, take some vitamin D, take some zinc. But that's like a broken clock bragging that it's right twice a day because a lot of this other stuff is way, way, way off. And we know that. They also said you were crazy if you wanted ivermectin. Now it's one of the actual prescribed treatments. They said it was craziness back in the day, and now it's an actual prescribed treatment for it. Yeah. I, I, yeah I so it. I'm just saying that some conspiracy <laughs> theories, if you wait long enough, you'll be proven right. Mm. But anyway, we're not going to talk about conspiracy theories Thank today. Thank you. I want to talk about human beings. There's a lot of people who are struggling right now. And 3,700 metro workers have walked off the job. They're in the middle of a dispute with their employer. They say 16 to $17 an hour is not enough to maintain their quality of life. They say it's a deteriorating national grocery sector. They're saying the cost of living is out of control and CEO compensation is just through the stratosphere so it's not right that they get paid 16 to $17 an hour. They also say that as grocery workers, that used to be a job that you could raise a family on. You could earn a good living working in a grocery store. Now it's mainly been whittled down to part-time and minimum wage. So they're striking. And, and already they'd accepted an offer. The union had. Then they took it back to the membership. And the membership said, fuck, we are taking that. No, we're going back on strike. And that's why the strike started this weekend. I don't really care if they go on strike. They have a right to go on strike. You're, uh, you're protected in, in, in your workplace protections. You can strike if you want to, providing you follow all the rules. But what's going on with the food? Yeah, that's a great question. If Be you go on to any metro store, you're going to walk in and you're going to see the apples for like $8 a pound and there's the blueberries for like $16 an ounce and all that sort of shit. What happens to all that? Because if somebody doesn't come up soon and say, all this food, we know the strike's not going to be settled tomorrow. So we're going to take all this food. We're going to repurpose it. We're going to send it out to shelters. We're going to send it out to uh, who, wherever it can go, where it's going to get used by people who need it. I'll be so happy, and I'll probably become a regular Metro shopper. Anything less than that, and I'm going to lose my shit. That's fair. Um, do they stop deliveries? Like, do they call all of their suppliers and say, pause while this is going on? Or do does it, does everything continue to come through? Because it's, it's, uh, it, it's like a... It's like a pipeline, right? Like you can't just pinch the hose at one end no. and be like, oh, we'll just open this back up when we need it again. Like there's still food being processed and being moved and uh, transport from all over the world. Like this isn't just a, you know, like I said, pinch the hose. Thank kind of you. Situation. It's not like on Sundays, eight trucks roll up and there's the stock for the week. It's constantly coming in. In yeah. fact, there's probably metro stores right now with trucks outside them that can't cross the picket line so they're going to have a truck full of rotting avocados and shit from Mexico. Tell me that's not going to get wasted. Is anybody going to step up and take the lead here and say, while you guys work out your labor issues, we have to make sure that this food does not get wasted, especially at a time when there's more people than ever before relying on food banks. Well, and I wonder if there's any sort of hurdles that they have to go through when it comes to donating things like everybody has rules about perishables and things that you're not supposed to donate but i wonder if a business like this if they've ever thought about what would happen in this kind of a situation i don't know the answer to that and and i'd love to find out if there is something that they're supposed to be doing or if they're just not able to do it because of those regulations and restrictions against them you know what i would do 
if I were Metro right now, probably the best thing they could do while they work it out with their staff. And and I hope the staff does get it. You know, I used to think some of these pay demands were outrageous that some of these people were putting up. Uh, the port workers in BC, another one, they rejected two different offers that the union said were good because they want to make sure that they get what they're worth. Well, it's really hard to say how much a job should pay anymore. You know, if there was a big victory lap by all of our politicians not that long ago. Look at our minimum wage. 16, is it $16 an hour? I don't even know anymore. I don't even know either. But hey, listen, we've got it up this high. It used to be like $10 and now it's like 16 and everything is great. Now, two people full-time on minimum wage still can't afford a basic one bedroom in Toronto. Yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. It's insanity. So what I think Metro should do is very, very simple. They've got their stuff that they can keep. They've got freezers, and that's fine. No problem. They should in- open up their stores. Anybody who needs it, and it's up to you to determine if you need it, but if you need it, come on through the door. You're going to get a $30 Metro gift card that can only be used today, or if the strike continues, it could be used tomorrow, but it could end at any time. Here's 30 40 bucks. Get enough produce or enough fresh shit to take home to your home and feed your family. Who's working the register? Who's stocking the shelves? Well, they've got, where did all those security people that were, ru- <laughs> you, know, you know those assholes that were running around making sure you were home when you were supposed to be quarantining and shit? We hired hundreds and hundreds of security guards. Why can't we just re-employ them, deploy them at Metro and say, here's your gift card, go in this door. When you come out, you either show me your groceries or you show me that card, but you can't pay with cash. We just want to make sure that people who need it get it. I was a cashier at one time in my life, and you know how long it took me to learn how to do it? Really? Yeah, it's not that easy. But nobody's ringing anything through. It's it's essentially a token. Like, here, you can grab, I don't want to ration it, and like, oh, you can grab three apples and two pears and one steak and a half a chicken breast. Put that cauliflower down. You're not entitled to cauliflower. You said no cauliflower. But you get the point. There's got to be a way that they could figure this out pretty quickly so that people who need the food get the food, and if it doesn't have to go through a food bank... Okay, maybe there is rules about keeping food safe. It's probably safest where it is on the shelf at the grocery store. Open up the doors and let people come in and take what they need. You can cap it at, say, $50 in value or $40 or whatever you want, but make sure that people who need it get it. And first thing you should do is go and hand out flyers downtown Toronto and downtown Hamilton and downtown Kitchener, downtown London, wherever there's a a large concentration of homeless people, give it to them first and say, hey, at noon, we're opening up all the metro stores to the whole public. You guys get it until noon. You can go in and grab like 50 bucks worth of stuff. It's on us. No problem. I'd love for something like that to happen. And it shouldn't be a big thing to organize. They organized the CERB in a month. Surely to God, we can figure out how to give away free groceries. I think this is coming around full circle. And this is why I love the idea, but it won't work. We just had to start this podcast by telling people not to throw cell phones at singers' heads. <laughs> I don't think we can trust people to go into a grocery store and only get your $30 ration. Well, I, I, that's why I suggested a gift card, but there's any number of ways we could do it. I, I just want to make sure that people are getting it and that food doesn't get wasted. I would hate that all it, that goes to waste. That's brutal. That's the worst of the whole story is that all of that could potentially go just in the trash. Yeah. When there's there's so many people that could use it. But I, I, mean, I agree with you on that. But it's the logistics of it. It's like, oh, no. I'm also thinking about restaurants. I mean, I've heard yeah. so many stories about certain chains. Uh, I'll use Starbucks as, as, as an example because I kind of remember Starbucks, but I'm not going to say for sure it was Starbucks. But people had asked them, hey, what do you do with all the extra bagels and, and buns and stuff at the end of the day? They throw them out. 
They don't want to be known as the company that if you wait long enough, you can get it for free. So they throw it out. And that's bullshit. There's way too many people in need to be throwing shit out. I would be totally okay with subsidizing it. Okay, your end of the day cutoff, 8 p.m., any food left over after that, we'll give you 50 cents on the dollar, but you distribute it to people around the neighborhood who need it. I would be okay with that. Yeah, I, if you can come up with the plan to get that out to the people that need it, then you'll be ahead. They stopped asking me for input on these yeah. things, and it's very, very frustrating. I mean, I can talk common sense every day on the podcast, but it doesn't mean the people in charge are going to listen. Well, it's usually, you know, maybe they stop asking you when the insults come out. Fuck you, Doug. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Usually that's about when the conversation turns. I actually kind of like Doug lately. He's doing a lot of good things. I, I'm not all that upset about I it. I haven't heard a lot about Doug lately, which... Uh, is kind of how I like my politicians. Me too. Remember when they all used to just lay low and just do their thing? Work. Yes. Just go to work. It feels like that's getting done on uh, some level. I hope. But not on all. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. Um... Another thing that I heard about over the the holiday there when I was off last week, I might even have heard you talking about it. So tell me if you did this already. The Barbie test that women are doing on their boyfriends. No. It is one of the biggest piles of bullshit I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> it and, usually is. And if you're intending to do this or if you saw this on TikTok and thought, oh, that's a great idea. It's not. And I'm going to tell you why. It is a... Uh, a TikTok influencer. Her name is Nicole. And she has created what she calls the Barbie test. She says, it's like the new question on a first date on your dating profile. What are your thoughts on the Barbie movie? And here's how she rationalizes this. Because if a guy really doesn't want to see it, or he's not open to talking about it, or what's even worse yet, if he's seen it and thinks it's not a good movie, or he doesn't get it, He's a no-go. Why? Nicole's own boyfriend passed apparently with flying colors. She says, he dressed in pink. He got all the jokes and moving parts. Afterwards, he discussed the movie with me and what a masterpiece the movie was and how hard it must be to be a woman. Is that what the Barbie movie, the takeaway is from the Barbie movie? That it's hard to be a woman? Is that really the takeaway from that movie? I, I haven't I've, seen it, so I, I can't say to that. Well, I have no desire to see it. I, it's just not my thing, but apparently that makes me a no-go, not boyfriend material, yeah. because I'm not interested in seeing the Barbie movie. Imagine that. Ladies, do you know how many different things guys could say, well, if she doesn't like uh, golf, not girlfriend material, if she doesn't like uh, watching Jay's game on the Sunday afternoon, 
Not girlfriend material. Whatever happened to people just having their own individual interests? Thank you. And just enjoying them. Why? Like, my wife and I have different interests. We don't have to spend every single waking moment together doing the things on this list of the things that we like. We can go ahead and do things on our own and come back and have a perfectly good conversation about it. But doesn't that seem bizarre that some people are going to ask, hey, what'd you think of the Barbie movie? And if you come back with anything other than it was a brilliant masterpiece and I now sympathize with the struggle of women, you're not boyfriend material? I think that's fucking crazy. Yeah, that's too far. Who would actually think to themselves, well, because they didn't like a movie that I liked? No, no. That's insane. I mean, if you've actually done this, what were you thinking when you did that? It's just all the eggs in one basket kind yeah. of mentality. It's a and little bit much. And it's a shitty much. basket. It's yeah. the fucking Barbie movie. It's not like you ask a question like, how do you feel about uh, poverty and crime reduction? You could have an intelligent conversation about how I think we really need to use the, the grocery stores to feed people because there's such a huge demand and the food banks can't keep up. That would be an intelligent point of view. If they say, you know what? Fuck those people. They should work harder. That could be a deal breaker. That right there is a red flag. That's a red flag. Yeah. Not liking the Barbie movie? (laughs) Fuck off. Just stop it. Just stop it. I'm trying to think of what's like the most over the top man, stereotypically manly movie. Like, are we talking like Expendables? Are we talking like Stallone and, you know, Schwarzenegger? And am I saying, look, look, if you don't love mindless, idiotic violence, then maybe you're not girlfriend material. What? Can you imagine if guys sat around and had that conversation? Can you imagine if guys put out TikToks like, well, I sat my girlfriend down and I asked her, what do you think of UFC? And if she says it's too violent, I got a fucking well, picture. See ya. Leaving her on the side of the road, I guess. What? What? Because she doesn't like UFC. That's your thing. You go ahead and like UFC. Yeah. She doesn't have to care. I like the fact that she doesn't like some of the stuff I like and that I don't yes. have to like some of the stuff she doesn't like. A thousand percent I agree with you because that's that's the that's the fiber of a relationship when you can enjoy that the other person is enjoying something. It's not like you don't immediately go to this jealous place of, well, he can't have fun unless I'm having fun, and she can't have fun unless I'm having fun. Well, there's, that's ridiculous. It's totally ridiculous. Just, you're allowed to go and enjoy your things. Here's a, I'll use my example for my relationship. I, I'm a wrestling fan. I've been a wrestling fan since I was a little kid. My wife was not a wrestling fan. She doesn't get mad at me for watching wrestling. Has this ever created any conflict in your relationship? For example, like when you asked her, uh, oh, what did you think of that Stone Cold Stunner. And she's like, what's a Stone Cold Stunner? Did you think, I got to dump this woman now. She doesn't know who Stone Cold is. No, I told her what what a Stone Cold Stunner was. I showed her. (laughs) (laughs) Practice wrestling moves on the bed. It's tremendous foreplay. (laughs) Ever had an RKO? (laughs) (laughs) But But you know what, though? If you do go along with it to appease your partner, that's okay. I mean... I've watched a lot of shit that I did not want to watch because I knew it was important to my girlfriend. I watched this goddamn 90 Day Fiance yes, every fucking week. I did the same. And and you know what? As stupid as it is, I remind myself, well, she's actually getting some sort of enjoyment out of this, and it's nice for me to just be here and support her as she's watching it. Now, yeah. if she thought, well, I don't like him because he doesn't like it, that's a problem. Totally. Like, I, I did the same. And I'll watch a supportive thing. I'll watch something that I don't care to watch. Uh, exactly the same. 90 Day Fiance is the perfect example of that. 
but I don't, I, I don't get mad at her because now I'm watching it. I just, I often question why she's watching it, but uh, it makes her happy. Whatever. I don't care. Exactly. By the way, so you watch this too. Can no, I ask you? I haven't watched it in a couple seasons. So if you're going to ask me something current, I can't help you. Okay. Well, there's a lot to keep track of because there's 90 Day Fiance. There's the Before the 90 Days. It's Brilliant. It's just fucking out of control. They have managed to squeeze all of the juice out of that franchise. And then when you think there's no juice left to be squeezed, they find more juice. If it's before the 90 days, after the 90 days, if it's the 90 day watch along, if it's the the 90 day watch along, the people watching along the show, if it's the 90 day watch, the people on the show watching, the people watching the show, watching the show. Yep. They have managed to make 25 different versions of the one television show that I even would like to submit as evidence. It's not really much of a TV show. It's not. Let me ask you a couple things, though, since now that I know you watch this show. So frustrating. Why does everybody, or not everybody, at least one, sometimes two or three, they always get sick right before they're supposed to meet the person. And then there's this big dilemma like, oh, my God, I've got malaria, but I really want to kiss them. (laughs) What? What did fucking take care of yourself? How, how did this happen? How did you get sick right now? I'm going to tell you why I think some of these shows are so popular because I think that there is a portion of the audience and the people on the show who love the chase. They love the getting to know the person, the flirty texts, all of that stuff. But when it comes to reality and it, and it comes to, okay, now it's time to commit. You're kind of like, Ooh, wait, Ooh, I don't know if I'm all the way in on this, but you have, You've played along like you have been the whole time because you like the other stuff. So when you watch this from a dramatic point of view, me being a bit of a realist, I watch and I go, this is the dumbest. Why? Are you, stop texting that person. Mm-hmm. Stop. Te- stop it. It's bad. It's a bad situation. Just this isn't going to work out for anybody. This if I were in charge of this show, it would be done after the third minute of the first episode. Yeah. Yeah. producers walking and saying no <laughs> well i mean there's so many strange things about it the sick thing is real I, I watched somebody two weeks ago who had literally just puked as they were walking off the plane going to meet the person waiting for them at the airport and yeah. she, oh, i threw up and the other person's like uh, that's okay i still want to kiss on the cheek i'd like to give you a hug but i have crippling diarrhea and i feel <laughs> if you squeeze me too hard it's going to be a scene here at the airport <laughs> Speaking of the airport, this is another problem with this fucking show. Who's in charge of travel for 90 Day Fiance? How did you even find a route that has four connections between Los Angeles and the Philippines? Oh, yeah. Why do you not? <laughs> is there no direct flights to anywhere in the world if you're going to be on 90 Day Fiance? Because everybody seems to be in travel hell. Well, it's the travel hell plus the the like the super corny music that they write that has lyrics, but they're written for the show. And... They're so generic. If you haven't paid attention to this, listen for the music on these shows and those little transitions between shots. And they'll, you'll hear this lame music playing in the background and then randomly lyrics that will come on and it'll be like, it's the journey of your life. And you're like, what? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it comes on and it's like, picture exactly what you mean. Yeah. It's like, Say yes to love. <laughs> I'm like, what? Does it have to do with anything? And I would always be like, oh, that's like the super topper to this shit Sunday that I'm watching. There's another guy who's on this. Maybe it was last season. I don't know. Literally every single person he knew was telling him, this is a bad idea, dude. Don't do this. Oh, yeah. He's like, oh, no, no, no. I'm convinced that this woman that I've never met over in, in uh, I don't know, 
Ukraine. Ukraine. Yeah. I'm convinced that this woman over in Ukraine is my my perfect match. And they're all like, no, no. she's not. You're fucking making a bad decision here, dude. Like, I wouldn't do this. Yeah. And he still does it anyway. You have 10 How many friends. different friends yeah. do you need to tell you this is a bad idea? And then, and then inevitably, there's always one friend that goes, you haven't been sending her money, have you? And then they're like, oh, well. Wait. And then all the friends are like, no. <laughs> How much money? And then it, one guy's like, 10 grand? It's not that much. They're like, $10,000. They're freaking out. Like, what are you doing? But nobody pays attention to the 10 friends who are screaming at you to stop this. I would love to think that one friend is enough. One good friend saying, you know, you've never met this woman and and you're sending money over there to her. And now you're actually going to go there and see her. And you have no idea where you're going or why or what. You're just going to have this producer and that camera person following you around. They're not even there to protect you. They're just there to film the shit that happens. Yeah. And they do it. What I, is wrong with you? You almost have to feel bad for some of the people who the producers actually try to step in and say something to. Because mm-hmm. every so often you'll get the off camera and then you'll get the caption at the bottom. Producer, are you sure you really want to go through with this? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, yes, absolutely. I want to go through with it. And then you ask the guy, where did you meet the girl that is, you're convinced is your soulmate? Oh, I met her on uh, Ukrainian women scamming people slash, I mean, wait, that's not what I meant to type. Uh, Realrelationships.com. <laughs> and you're like, huh, that's the website you punched in, huh? And you still didn't, it didn't tip you off. Holy shit. These people are so mindless. And I can't even say it's bad television. I mean, it's bad television, but it's good television. I understand why some people are into it. I'm just being nice. That's the only reason I'm watching it. How many times do you say, oh, no, in an episode of that show? I can tell you because I get mad and I want to yell at the TV, but I also don't want to offend my girlfriend because I know that she's watching it. So I'll be like, that's fucking bullshit and just walk out of the room or what a fucking idiot. Every season, they seem to put on one person who you're like convinced they're getting catfished. Mm-hmm. And you're like, there's no way that's a real person. And then they go, they go to travel to the other side of the world. And then it's sure enough, there is another human being there. <laughs> and you're like, no friggin' way that this is real. There's no way. It's there's crazy. no way. I'm telling you, man, it is messed up. That show. I didn't even <laughs> want to talk about 90 Day Fiance. We're we now out of time, but that's all right. <laughs> we'll pick it up tomorrow. Before we go, though, quick thing. Next time you get an opportunity, pick up a tennis ball. Oh, don't start this on the pod too. How, you just said this is the last thing we're going to talk about. How are you? Gonna, how are you going to bring this up when we can't talk about well, it? Well, okay, listen. Grab a tennis ball. Look at it. Maybe you've seen one at Canadian Tire or Sport Check or on television. What color is a tennis ball? I'll give you a second to answer. What color is a tennis ball? Go. Green. I think. I think it's green too. Although my first guess is yellow. The vast majority of people who took this survey feel a tennis ball is yellow. And that makes me think, are my eyes fucked up? Because to me, that looks green. Or maybe I don't know what green is. (laughs) Everything I know that was green in my life is now not green. (laughs) (laughs) That yellow little Kermit the Frog. They're very split, though, Like because we posted this on Instagram earlier this morning, and everybody is right down the middle. It's yeah. almost a 50-50 split as to whether you see yellow or green when looking at this tennis ball that we that we posted. Apparently more women and young people see yellow, more men and older people see green. And we're older men, so I that's, wonder what that is. 
fucking senility coming yeah. in. Is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Tennis ball, I saw football. Enjoy the pod while we still got all our faculties. Yeah. Gotta go, everybody. Have yourselves a great Monday. Another after nine coming out tomorrow.